Hello, welcome to Mental Health Explored, a podcast created by TogetherWell.org. We are a nonprofit dedicated to eliminating systemic barriers to mental health education, resources, and tools. We bring you the voice and expertise of mental health professionals. I am Michelle Thompson. And I am Beth Rice. We're TogetherWell volunteers. And although we're not mental health professionals, we've got access to many people who are. Join us as we explore a wide range of mental health topics with experts in the field. Certain people who've experienced firsthand trauma or profound loss are able to do something remarkable. Not only are they able to process their own grief, but these resilient individuals emerge from their experiences determined to help and create hope for others. TogetherWell.org founder, Dr. Michelle Haley, is one of these remarkable people. In this episode, we learn how personal events shaped Dr. Haley's life and work. She also shares tips on how she manages her own mental well-being while running a large, all-volunteer nonprofit organization. Hint, it involves a trapeze. This episode is for you if you're interested in knowing the who, what, and why behind the TogetherWell organization. Get to know the driving force behind the movement, making mental health awareness more accessible to communities everywhere. I am so thrilled that we have Dr. Michelle Haley with us today. Dr. Haley's deep understanding of the mental health field comes from 20 years of experience in several roles. She's been a CEO, a therapist, a researcher, thesis chair, and adjunct professor. She holds a BS in psychology from Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Virginia, as well as a master's and PhD degrees in clinical psychology from the California School of Professional Psychology in San Francisco. She lives in the Bay Area, and I happen to know that she loves dogs. So I'm going to kick it off with the dogs. So tell us about your babies. How many do you have, first of all? Well, currently just one. I just have my rescue Caesar. He's a 10-year-old Chihuahua which is a Chihuahua Dachshund mix. And he's the love of my life. And every time I say that, my partner winces a little, but I love my dog. (laughs) (laughs) What is the largest number of dogs you've had at one time? Maybe five. Oh, really? And what's your ideal? Like if you could wave your magic wand today, how many dogs would you have? Oh gosh. I would own like a farm where they would all like frolic. So they weren't my foster dogs. So they weren't like my own dogs at that one time. But I think my dream would sort of be in other places are doing this, like Costa Rica, where they're creating these like dog islands. Like sanctuaries. Yeah, exactly. I just love that you love dogs so much. I do too. So let's jump in. We have some great questions of just kind of digging into your world and your passions. And, you know, one of the most powerful things that I see in you is what you've done with Together Well. I'd like to just talk for a minute here about how this all started. Let's just go back a little bit and maybe you could just talk about your childhood and what kind of inspired you as you moved through your childhood to come to this place of caring so much about mental health. Yeah. So like most families, my family definitely had people who struggled with mental health. And so for me in particular, I had several relatives that were very close to me, including my father who struggled with schizoaffective bipolar type, which is basically a disorder that 
has thought disorder issues, so hallucinations, hearing things, seeing things, and then delusions, and as well as also a mood component. And so growing up in an environment with somebody who's struggling from mental illness, I really could see the struggle that he endured with accessing treatment. He was in and out of hospitals and then also seeing the family. So seeing my mother at that time, he really didn't talk about mental health. A lot of people didn't even know he had a disorder because it was sort of hidden. And so ultimately it led to the demise of the relationship. They divorced because there wasn't enough support. And ultimately he died by suicide. And so for me, I really spent my life trying to create more support systems to be able to help families and understand mental health because it's so critical and people don't need to struggle alone. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of support out there. And when you look at some other countries, even you see that there's a lot of stigma in the world in general, but in some countries it's not quite as stigmatized. And as a result, people are able to receive more care too in certain mm-hmm. cultures. So that's something to really think about. Yeah. So Dr. Haley, I just want to go back to your role as founder and director of Together Well. Together Well was started, I believe, in 2019. Is that right? Yep, that's right. What was your vision at the time when you decided to start your nonprofit? What was like your big idea for how you saw this thing playing out? Yeah, so Together Well was really something in the making, even though it was incorporated in October of 2019. She's been... And I like to refer to Together Well as in female pronouns, but she's been in the making since 2014, I would say. So I first started thinking about the importance of mental health education and how that can impact communities because of my clinical placements. And so I was giving workshops in the community and I was seeing what a curative impact it was making to be in a room with other people who are going through the same thing and to be able to get education. And there was just, you could visibly see the relief. And so I knew that there was something there, but I also knew a lot of places weren't doing workshops. And like there there were like one-off workshops or organizational workshops, but I was just taking no. I thought more places could be doing it. Together Well is a platform that connects the community to mental health professionals with emotional wellness workshops. These workshops create a safe and welcoming group education experience and are led by vetted mental health professionals. Participants are able to increase their understanding of mental health topics and access tools, strategies, and resources to improve their emotional well-being. These workshops cut through all of the most common systemic barriers to accessing mental health services, including cost, insurance, long waits, and stigma. If you're interested in booking a workshop, visit togetherwell.org. And then the next sort of step along the journey was I had gone home um, to see family for a holiday and it was Christmas. And on Christmas Eve, my grandfather went to the hospital. And so we're in the hospital and the doctor comes in, he's using all these big words and I barely knew what the doctor was saying. So the doctor's speaking in jargon. I had a moment like you went to school all those years and you're coming back to help people, but you can't translate what you're trying to say to your patients. And my papa, he didn't graduate high school. So it's just a different level of education. You're missing a huge step because if the patient doesn't understand what you're saying, they're obviously not going to follow the treatment plan that you curate. So I had that moment. And then within that same night, I had another moment where I was connecting with my papa and 
we were talking about addiction. And so his view of addiction was really something of like a, an older perspective, generational perspective that I've heard a lot of people say where people thought it was more of a choice as opposed to a medical issue. And so I had the opportunity to really sit down and connect with my papa by using a whiteboard. And I really drew out what addiction sort of looks like in the brain, but I didn't use fancy words like neurotransmitters and receptors and things like that. He loves cars. So I drew a parking lot and I created, I put cars in parking spaces and I, I just sort of mapped it out. Like the parking space was like a neuroreceptor and the cars were like the happy chemicals. And so basically if you are doing drugs, then it sort of starts to take away those parking spaces. So the cars can't park. And the more you do it, the more the parking spaces become eliminated and the more drugs that you need to do to have a baseline. And so at that moment, he realized, because we have addiction in our family, my brother passed away from an opioid heroin fentanyl overdose. My aunt also has struggled with addiction. And so I shared this story with him and he had a different perspective shift. And that was another aha moment for me that the silver bullet is always education. Mm -hmm. And so from that moment, I continued to sort of start forming my thoughts about what it means to give workshops for communities and then brought that over eventually getting to the idea because I was doing workshops in the community and thought, I could be doing so much more by connecting with a platform, by connecting mental health professionals directly to the community. And so that's how Together Well was created. And so I was fortunate that I had a neighbor who lived next door who was a developer and he helped me with sort of navigating sort of the technology aspects of the platform. That is an amazing origin story of how this togetherwell.org started. Thank you for sharing that. I think, you know, Understanding our bodies and our minds is really incredibly empowering. And I think it's something that our society doesn't really do. Like when we go to school, we're often learning how to do something, you know, how to eventually be good in a career, right? But we're not learning about how the human body works and how it can feel if it doesn't work so that you know that you need to be doing something to fix it. And when we bring people together, in that setting, I think it's like a collaborative learning where you realize you're not alone and it inspires you to want to learn more. Absolutely. Do you think that like nowadays it's a lot more acceptable to talk about mental health? I hear about it more and more in the news these days. And you're talking about a time when it wasn't really acceptable or common to talk about it. Do you see the shift? Definitely, especially because of COVID and the pandemic, people are definitely more open to talk about mental health, which is incredible. And I think over time, there have been baby steps along the way, but I still think that there's a lot to do. And I think that social media sort of brings this blessing and a curse sort of dynamic where it's great because people are talking about it and making TikTok videos about mental health and mental health professionals are going out there and sharing their knowledge, which is incredible. But also, the tricky part is that there are also people who are giving information that isn't accurate because they don't maybe have a certain educational background. And so it's kind of that idea, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that part's a little tricky. And so if when people go out there and they share things on social media and 
it's actually a myth or not true. They're actually kind of perpetuating the issue and it might actually create more stigma for people to be able to come and access services. The thing about mental health that sometimes happens, I think, is it's not like calculus. So you know if you get the answer right, you know that you don't. With mental health, you can't quite always see it. And so a lot of people don't realize that they may be off mark or that they could be triggering or these sort of things. So it's a little tricky. So long story long, I definitely think that there's less stigma over time. And the mental health industry was bursting at the seams prior to COVID. And so we needed to do something new. And so it's great that we're using social media as a tool. And so I'd just like to see more responsibility done with it as well. Yeah, it's difficult. And I think it's important that people are reaching out and finding the right support. They're checking in with their medical professionals in their life, their doctors, and getting good recommendations for therapists or psychologists or psychiatrists, right? like actively going out and seeking proper support. Now you've got some people who have visible needs that are very obvious and they're seeking support or maybe they're not and they're trying to. But in general, what are some signs that you might benefit from therapy? I am one of those people who I think therapy can benefit everybody. And so not everybody needs therapy, but I'm somebody who I love therapy. Even when I'm not dealing with a crisis or something like that, I really like to explore different things as part of my inquisitive nature. Like if I have a dream, I want to talk about that, you know? So, Mm -hmm. but in terms of science for accessing therapy, it's, I think it's really the first step is sort of becoming aware of yourself and being able to notice certain signs. So for example, activities of daily living. So Activities of daily living are things like sleeping, showering, eating. And are you doing too little or too much of either of those? So are you sleeping all day? Are you not sleeping enough? Are you binge eating or eating a lot? These could be signs that you could be struggling with something and trying to cope in these other types of ways. And then of course, if you're having thoughts or feelings of self-harm or harm to others, those are huge indicators. But then also if you are, you know, in a space of just a baseline of struggle or things like that, that could be a great opportunity to be able to access support. And workshops can be a powerful stepping stone for those who may be experiencing stigma and might not be quite ready for therapy yet. And while therapy and workshops are not the same, they can complement one another in supporting people on their mental health journey. And I always like to do a call out that workshops can tend to be more educational and general in nature well, therapy is, is more specific and targeted for folks. Dr. Haley's journey of building togetherwell.org from the ground up hasn't come without challenges. TogetherWell is both a mental health nonprofit as well as a tech startup. Figuring out the technology piece was a critical initial step. What are some of the obstacles you found being someone who is bringing this impactful organization to life? Yeah, it's been such an interesting personal and professional journey. I would say just off the cuff to like the two main like struggles in combining them together are being a tech startup and a nonprofit. So a tech startup has its own set of issues. So security issues, technology issues, as everyone knows, technology is constantly advancing. So I kind of feel like a dinosaur a little bit. So a tech startup has all sorts of obstacles. And then there's also of being a nonprofit startup as well. So 
you don't have investors, you don't have a track record of grants or a history, enough history of a financial responsibility to be entrusted with grants. So it's really a huge grind. And we've been pulling a lot of rabbits out of hats in our first few years. Togetherwell has attracted an impressive roster of volunteers worldwide since its founding in 2019. The caliber and diversity of talent is extensive. People come from many backgrounds with skills they've honed either on their own or through formal education. Even skills that may appear unrelated are put to good use. For example, we have a yoga instructor, a great note taker, gifted musicians, and curious people who just like to solve challenges completely different from their day jobs. What our volunteers have in common is a shared belief in the organization's mission. We have a lot of volunteers who come because they really align with the mission. We also get students. So we have student interns that are working on honing their craft so that they can get practical hands-on skills Mm -hmm. from some of our amazing volunteers that have so much education that they can share and impart their wisdom. And then we also do class projects. So for example... We were working this year, I guess we worked with maybe 10 or 11 universities on different class projects. And so we worked with one university this semester and they did a whole analysis on our social media platforms and so made recommendations. It's a pretty amazing ecosystem. It's sort of ironic that it's all about like mental health and well-being. And then here you are like running like a million miles an hour, you know. Doing your own mental health and well-being check, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think part of it, though, is when what you're doing is so aligned with your heart and your values, it doesn't really feel like work in that way. Well, sometimes, some days I'm like exhausted. I'm like, okay, I'm going to bed now. You know, there are other days where I'm like, wow, I feel inspired by my team. They're incredible. Wow. Like I don't feel tired and I'm like Mm -hmm. ready to keep going. So every day is different, but that's the general vibe that I feel. Yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunity that we've all felt with the last several years moving through kind of paradigm shifts. You know, people are questioning what they're doing, how they're doing it. And there's a lot of desire to do things that align more with your heart and your mind. And there's an opportunity to do things differently in like the way we manage our schedules and such. So when you look back on even looking forward, like where do you see Together Well going? Yeah, my vision is once we are able to bolster and get more mental health professionals on the platform and more workshops curated, I'm really hoping that Together Well is a space that people know about it easily if they're seeking support. Right now, when you're looking for support services, it's very difficult. So there are a couple of like therapy platforms that people know about, but it's really hard to know what trusted services are available. And so I'm hoping that people begin to know together well Mm -hmm. as a trusted platform so that people can come and book workshops for their communities when they need it. I would love for Together Well to be a space that could come in and help support communities by getting a workshop so that everybody can participate. And eventually, I would love for Together Well to become more international. Currently, we do workshops in the United States and Canada. But over time, I would love us to be able to be in other countries where we can support the communities abroad and fight stigma in different communities too. And we need to grow appropriately and have culturally competent workshops. If you're interested in creating an impact with Together Well, here are four ways to take action. One, volunteer your time and expertise. Two, 
make a donation to the organization. Three, join our movement as a mental health professional and share your expertise by hosting workshops to further educate the community. And four, book a workshop for your own community. How do you go about vetting the professionals that partner with Together Well? So we make sure that everybody goes through a background check and they go through an education verification, proving that they have a master's degree in a mental health field. Additionally, if they go through the license verification, they do not have to have uh, prove that they have a master's degree because they would have a master's degree if they have a license anyway. So it's a background check, education or license verification. You know, when you think about the whole foundation of what you have, it's really a win-win for everybody because it's an opportunity for the professionals, therapists, all these people to get access. First of all, be a part of a community, be a part of a, an organization and not be operating just on their own business. But they get this opportunity to come together and to reach more people. And then the community gets this opportunity to have access to more. So it's just a perfect opportunity for people to really make a bigger impact and feel change. If you're the receiver of it, you know, to feel better, to get the questions answered that you have. So I think this is just a great opportunity for, for everybody to have a role, whether you're seeking information or whether you have information to share. That's so true. And when I spoke earlier about the mental health industry, because it's been bursting at the seams, as mentioned, the model that currently exists is basically mental health professionals burning out. Mm -hmm. So they have massive student loans. Many colleagues that I have who have doctorates owe $350,000. That's very difficult to pay back. So if they're unable to, what they're doing, they have to charge a certain rate for their time because they have office fees and those sort of Mm -hmm. things. The insurance companies take a significant amount of their money as well. So it actually makes more sense for some mental professionals to do private practice because the insurance only pays them like a fraction of that price. And now what we're seeing with all the tech mental health for-profit organizations, they're paying so little back to the mental health professionals, even less as well. So there's someone at the top making all the profits. And so we're just worsening this sort of industry. And so TogetherWell is really aimed at helping to support the mental health professionals who are supporting our communities. And so what we do is we have three opportunities for mental health professionals to join. One is completely free. They just do their verification process. And then there's some other options that just help to sustain the organization internally that are other additional options, but the money gets reinvested. So we have a series called Third Thursday for Therapists where we give education for the therapist community. We solicit partnerships with other companies. So for example, our mental health professionals can get a month of free yoga and Pilates virtually. So we're really actively trying to create supports for professionals to help support them and bolster them up. You know, none of our systems are set up to address the emotional body. So you go through all this schooling and then you are left with this burden that you just described, which is paying back student loans, building your practice, staying sane, not working 12-hour days, keeping your own circle of friends connected. What are some things you do to keep in balance? So some things that I do are in terms of the time piece. So kind of shutting off on Friday afternoons for the weekend. And then some other types of things that I do are like activities. Like I love paddleboard yoga. 
which is like literally balance as well, like as well as symbolically. But I really love to do activities that challenge me that are things that I wouldn't normally do or like new experiences. Something that is fun is adult gymnastics, like Mm. trapeze. So one time in particular, it was really helpful. I was feeling really anxious about something. What's the other while there was something that I had to handle that was very anxiety producing. And so the fear response is incompatible in a way. I mean, they're related, but fear overrides anxiety. And so I was like, all right, it looks like I'm doing trapeze today. So <laughs> so it eliminated that anxiety producing experience because you were so focused on the there and now. Yeah, it's a different kind of anxiety, right? So it forced me to sort of go out of my mind to focus on something else. And I'm not recommending that for everybody, you know, do things that are well within your safety and, you know, those sort of things. But for me, sometimes doing things like trapeze or some sort of like healthy activity like that can kind of shift my mind space off of something just temporarily because you're just trying to get that frontal lobe back online again. So when we get really stressed out or sometimes our frontal lobe goes offline and it can activate a fight flight fear response mm-hmm. so for example like if a bear or a tiger rolled into our podcast room right now we might go into that type of response mm-hmm. and so by doing activities like grounding or checking with our senses we can slowly start to get that frontal lobe that's involved in insight judgment reasoning back online and so for me i like to do these other type of activities And based on what you've listed, these are activities that really force you to focus on what you're doing right now, like in front of you. in the moment. And as for the hours and effort involved in running a nonprofit, the ironic twist is how that process at times takes a toll on Dr. Haley's own mental health. And so you really do have to create boundaries around that. Mm -hmm. On Fridays, I try to kind of shut it down pretty early on Friday so that the weekends I can try to focus on the weekend, be in nature, really do something like, you know, technology screens and then move to like trees and grass. (laughs) So I try to sort of balance it, doing different types of fun activities because you really do have to get your mind away from it too. Give your mind a rest. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today. This has been such a pleasure. We're so happy to share you with the world because you are bringing so much goodness to this world. And, you know, I'm a huge believer that even the tiniest bit of goodness has a ripple effect through the world. And you are absolutely 150% doing that. Thank you so much. How can our listeners learn more about Together Well and in working with you, et cetera. Thank you so much for hosting Beth and Michelle. This has been a delight. So some places that people can get in touch with me and together well. So first, I guess, is if you're somebody in the community who wants to join us and being part of our mission to eliminate stigma and offer and create supportive ways for resources and workshops, because we have articles, flyers, self-guides, we have mental health kits. We have this podcast, we have an app. So if you're somebody in the community who's looking for services, come to TogetherWell and book a workshop for your community. If you're a mental health professional who wants to continue to help support the community in a workshop format and want to get your workshops out there, please join our movement to create more opportunities 
to disperse important mental health education. And then if you're somebody who wants to give back, who is interested in getting in touch, we have a volunteer page. We're always looking for volunteers with different types of skill sets. That's one of the beautiful things about Together Well is it's everybody who has a passion and a skill set that they want to use to bring in our mission. For example, I dislike math, so we have an incredible financial planner and somebody who does finances for us. So, you know, I couldn't do this alone. I need the collective group of all of our amazing volunteers. And then you can also, if you're interested in supporting our cause with a financial contribution, you can also find our link on the togetherwell.org as well. So you can get in touch with us in a variety of ways through the platform. And then you could also email info at togetherwell.org. Fantastic. So lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Haley. We really enjoyed our talk with you today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Mental health has shifted from Dr. Haley's youth when it wasn't discussed even within the walls of the family home to today when young people create TikTok videos about it for all the world to see. Recent events such as tragic school shootings, the COVID-19 pandemic, and issues related to social media use are but a few examples in our current world that underscore the need for a trustworthy resource for mental health education and support in our communities. How timely it is that Together Well came to be. Not only does it exist as a resource for professionally vetted mental health information serving the community at large, but Together Well also exists to support the continued learning and well-being of therapists within its network. As Dr. Haley notes, therapists are people too. Not immune to mental health struggles of their own. We'd like to end by recapping a few of the great tips Dr. Haley mentioned in reference to self-care. One, if you're stressed or anxious, take a time out and engage in a safe and healthy activity that temporarily shifts your focus. This helps you get your brain back on track for good judgment, insight, and reasoning to better deal with a stressful situation. Number two, remember to take technology breaks. It's so easy these days to spend the bulk of our days in front of our screens. Do a physical activity like yoga or get outside if the weather's good, for example. And three, create healthy boundaries to protect your valuable time. That way, you make time for having fun doing something you love. Thanks for checking out this episode of Mental Health Explored. If you liked what you heard and found it helpful, share this episode with a friend, family member, neighbor, or colleague. And please be sure to subscribe, like, and leave us a review. A big thank you to everyone on our amazing volunteer team at Together Well for making this podcast possible. Our podcast producer and audio engineer is Brian Brusas. Mental Health Explored is a Together Well podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>